Welcome back. Thanks for hanging in there with us and hanging out and coming back week after week um, to listen to the chaos that exists in our friendship and in our minds as we talk about the things in life that need to be talked about at times. We're going to talk today about stupid things that Christians say or things that Christians say that aren't helpful in the moment or aren't beneficial. So that's going to be our topic today. So yeah, Steph, I'll let you jump in and kick us off with our first one. Oh, I wasn't ready for this. Plot twist. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. So we have a few ready. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm going to read them all at once. Okay. And then hopefully that will help us get through all of them. Okay. No, that's good. All right. So first one, God will protect me. Second one, I'm not going to plan because Jesus orders my steps. Number three, God will provide. Number four, go date Jesus for a year. Uh. And number five, everything happens for a reason. Also, I would just like to add a sixth one as an honorary mention. And just because it's one of my favorites, won't he do it? That's my favorite. Won't he do it? That's my I favorite. I say that all the time. I love that as a celebratory you're in the final hour. You didn't think Jesus was going to come through and he does. And you should be like, well, he did. Yes. Because for a minute, you probably thought, um, hey, Jesus, <laughs> it's me. I um, hope you didn't forget about me, but I really need you to come through. So if you could do that, that'd be great. And then he doesn't be like, oh, won't he do it? I knew he would. Did you though? But I mean, anyway. Okay. So let's start with our first one. God will protect me. God will protect me. I mean, face value. It's. I mean, God will protect you. Amen. Depending on this situation. (laughs) I think God will protect you as best as he can, given the situation. I know that that's that's a controversial statement that I just made. But I think we put ourselves in sometimes situations where protection to us at times, I think, looks like, all right, God, figure out a way to get me out of this situation 100% unscathed. And to get me away from all of this. But we put ourselves in an impossible situation. Yes. Where sometimes the outcome is just lose-lose. And the protection is we ended up with the better loss than the worse one. But that's just the reality. Sometimes there are just situations where it can go one way or the other. Both of them are bad options. But there's one that's less bad than the other. Or what you think is protection isn't exactly what he thinks is protection. Also agreed. Also agreed. Like, sometimes you just need the consequence. I'll be the first. Sometimes I just need the consequence. I don't ever feel like I need the consequence. However, (laughs) you're not wrong. (laughs) I just, I'm always like, I'm good. I learned it. Like, the aftermath of me making this decision and me having to sit here and feel what I'm feeling in this moment, I'm good. There doesn't need to be any other ramifications to the fact that I made a poor choice. And then when it happens, it's like, oh, no, I thought I I thought I told you, God, that I was good. Like, I figured it out. I didn't need this on top of that. But I also think that sometimes I'm going to try to be as careful as I can saying this, but it, you just might have to help me clean it up after I say it, Steph, is that sometimes there's just not much God can do. And I don't mean that to say that God can't do impossible things because he can. But I think there are some times when we look at a situation, we want God to do this overly miraculous thing that I'm not going to say it's not possible. It could happen. But by that happening, what additional things happen? Like, what's the ripple effect for him to be able to do this? It's nothing is ever isolated and it has ripple effects and it has changes that can. So when I say some things are just beyond God, I don't mean that God can't step in and fix it. But I do wonder at what cost. What does it cost us or what does it cost other people? Yes, because somewhere in the plan that that screws up something. My question when I think of this is, what are you doing that you need to say this statement as like a, it's going to be okay because God will protect me. <laughs> like, are you doing something that you know is just plain stupid? Like, I think every once in a while you may say this And it may be a legit, like, God has told me I'm going to be okay. Like, I am leaning on the word. I am leaning on his voice. This is what he has told me. Yeah. 
But most of the time, we like out jumping off a bridge. Don't worry, God's gonna protect me with no parachute. Or like you go into another country that you know is like in the middle of war just to go on vacation. And you're like, nah, it's no big deal. Like God's gonna protect me. I'm not worried about it. Like there is there is a being cautious. Yes. That needs to be happening yes. along with the statement that I think a lot of people forget about. I can they just agree. use this as like a blanket statement of like, I'm gonna go be reckless. But don't worry, God's gonna protect me. I ain't gonna get an STD from this. God's gonna protect me. I ain't gonna, my parachute ain't gonna work. Like, no, I just, you did not expect me to take it that way. I didn't. That were, <laughs> those were a lot of things that happened in just a short, brief amount of time. But I do agree with you. I agree it's with just, you. Yeah. It's this thing of like, it's a statement of, well, I, I spoke that God's going to protect me. So therefore I believe that God's going to protect me no matter what the situation is no matter how dumb it is as I walk into it. Because sometimes bad decisions are just bad decisions. Sometimes unsafe choices are unsafe choices. And, and sometimes it's okay to just be like, yo, screw it. I know this is a bad choice. I'm going to do it anyway, and I'm going to risk it. I'm sorry. I You will never see me risking something and going, don't worry. God's going to, you know, provide for me. God's going to hold out and like nah no. i'm gonna be like yo i know i'm about to be a fool right now lord have mercy i hope i make it alive as long as i make it alive lord we have mercy but that's the reality that is the reality sometimes that needs to be our statement instead of god will protect me it should be lord please have mercy on me and the people i'm making this foolish decision with because i do understand that is a foolish decision so protect me how you can protect me. But like have mercy on the fact that I'm intentionally making this choice. Yes. Me as a child, there's that like that one scripture verse that's like those who know are judged more like strictly or whatever. Yo, that verse used to kill me as a kid. I'd be like, I can't do nothing wrong because everyone keep telling me what sin is. And I that means I'm going to be judged worse for it. <laughs> Although you bring up a point, I will say this much before we move on to our next um, stupid saying, or not stupid saying, challenging saying. There's a difference between someone telling you and you actually knowing. Because there are a lot of things that we can say people have told us, but we haven't made that connection of this is how this is connected to this in the grand scheme of things. So this is how making this decision is connected to my mm-hmm. faith and how it impacts my life and the lives of other impacts this, that, and a third. I think oftentimes we don't stop to realize that they just say like, that's a sin. Don't do that. But then don't provide more context to it. And so I definitely think providing more context to it is a little different than just saying that right off the cuff. Yes. Um, but yeah. Okay. So okay, the next one, I'm not going to plan because Jesus orders my steps. Jesus does order your steps by giving you the resources to plan. That's my statement. He does. He orders your steps by giving you the resources to be able to plan. So we can't just say, I'm not going to plan for this, even though I know it's going to potentially happen. I'm not going to plan on how I'm going to get there or what that's going to look like or what it could look like because Jesus orders your steps. I feel like there's also this thing that Jesus gave us called common sense. Oh. And there. And, Beautiful. you know, like, yeah, I went there. There's just some things that, that should be common sense. Yes. Like, and it shouldn't, yes, Jesus wants to be in every part of your life, you know, but at the same time, like, there's stuff that he has specifically said, nah, y'all got this. I've given you what you need. Now you go and you do, which means you got a plan. Got a plan. And yeah, that you can be flexible on the fly. Yes. Yes. That doesn't, like, you plan and you stay flexible for when he speaks. But you still have a plan. Imagine how much sermons would suck if preachers didn't ever plan out their sermons before they got up to preach. It would be horrible. And God does order their steps in terms of giving them a word or sharing with them, hey, you need to talk about this or you should talk about this. And so he does give them that little nugget. And then they take it from there and then they go. And they have to do the research and they have to to pray about it more. But they also need to do the 
Yes. The hard part, the work. I think part. oftentimes when people say God orders my steps, so I don't have to plan. It's it's a response of laziness in some regards. I think in some regards, it's also just a response of not knowing what to do or where to begin because the situation just might be entirely too overwhelming to figure out how to like stop, pause, evaluate, and then break it down to follow through the steps. And the thought process is it's fine. Like I won't have to worry about it. Jesus will just do it. So I'm not even going to think about it. It'll just happen. God will just take care of it. God will just do this, that, or the third. And so I think it's very concerning when people say things like that, because that should not be the reality or what it looks like or how it works. Any other thoughts on that? That quote before we go on to the next one. one. That was it. Those are my thoughts. Oh, no, I do. I lied. I do have another thought. (laughs) There is a difference between planning and being prepared versus being controlling. I think trying to control a situation, trying to control an environment is where oftentimes people will use that if they see someone trying to control a situation or an outcome. And then the response, you know, that people might often have is someone's like, well, why aren't you, why aren't you planning or why aren't you preparing? It's like, well, got to order my steps. There is a difference between controlling a situation and controlling an environment and being prepared. And I think oftentimes people confuse those two and think, oh, well, I'm just being prepared and I'm just planning. No, you're trying to control a situation. There's a difference. And now I'm done for real, for real on that one. I feel like there was something I was going to add to that and I don't remember what it was. No, I do think, like, I think that you do need to plan and you need to be prepared. But I think it just goes back to what I said before. Like, you Mm -hmm. also need to be flexible. And, like, if you are trying to control, you're not being flexible. Like, you have to go into it knowing, like, yo, Jesus might switch it up on you if you're listening to him. Just saying. Be prepared. In and out of season. Please prepare. Isn't there a Disney song? I I I don't know. <laughs> that I was not anticipating <laughs> you doing that, so I don't. I'm all all filter okay. now. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I wasn't either. Okay. God will provide. How so do you feel I was about God will provide. Looking at this as we were transitioning from God, Jesus will order my steps. To God will provide. He will. He will. Without a shadow of a doubt, he will. There, there is no dispute on that. Where I see that phrase coming into play is if someone is very overwhelmed by a specific situation or a specific circumstance. And that's the supposed, like that statement is kind of like the pat you on the back, you know, like you can do it. I believe you can do it. And people are just like replacing that. It's like, God will provide. It's fine. You're about to be homeless. It's fine. God will provide. That's not what people need to hear. Will God provide? A hundred percent. Yes, he will. But people don't need to hear that in the moments that it's often used. So I don't dispute that. I don't think that that's inaccurate. I think it's very accurate. Look at my life. It's a hundred percent accurate for my life. But there's a time and a place to say, and I think just being mindful of when you say it, how you say it, and what that looks like is where it all kind of fits in and makes sense. I think it is like every other statement. There is a time and there is a place, just like you said. But I'm not a fan of God will provide. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, I know that he will do it. But sometimes the way that he provides is like through you working. That is true. Like, there are times where people will overspend on money because they're not taking care of themselves financially. And they're like, oh, you know, God will provide. He's going to, he's going to, someone's going to find it laid on their heart to give us money. Something like that. When in the meantime, like God could be providing in the sense of trying to get you a freaking job so that you could work. Or trying to get you in touch with somebody and trying to get you like connected to a person who can help you financially plan. I agree. I agree with that. I just, I think that sometimes God will provide is a cop-out used by people who don't want to do the hard work and don't want to say no to things. And I struggle. 100% agree with that. Like, sometimes you have to do the hard thing. You have to work for it. At the end of the day, you're always going to have to work for it. Are there times where God's going to lay it on someone's heart to be generous? Yes. 100%. 
But I don't think you rely on that. Because at what point are you then relying on the gifts of your God rather than just living the life Mm. of loving him? That's good. I I agree with you. I 100% agree. I think there's a difference between your back is up against the wall and you've done everything that you could do. You've done the right things. You've, you've been honoring God and you're just in a situation where you really do need God to come in in the final hour to save the day. And I think in those situations, 100%. I think in situations like you just described where people are not being good steward of the provisions that God has already given them. And then they use it as, oh, I don't have to budget my money or I don't have to do this or I don't have to do that because God's going to provide is drastically different. He already has provided. At this point, it's a matter of you being faithful for what, with what and a good steward of what he has given and what he has provided. I don't know. I just feel like it gets used as a cop out a lot more than it gets used as like an encouragement thing. That I'm trying to like go through my memory Rolodex of when I've used it and if I've used it as a cop out or if I use it as a general like anchoring of my faith in it and something that I genuinely believed in. And I also can't remember the last time I used it, so that's not helping either. So that's because I don't think I've ever heard you say it until this podcast or until we were talking about topics. I may have said it. Now I will say if anyone from college is listening like my college years and not your college years, because you know, your friends are a little older than the ones that I went through college with. It was a thing in our soccer team to be <gasps> no. like, don't worry, God will provide. Provide what, wins? Because, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, never wins because we sucked. It's fine. But, like, just, like, it was a thing of, like, you know, it was it was more of an encouragement of you don't need to worry. God will, fa- like, God is there with you through it. So I think it's a, it's. Mm-hmm. it's a very interesting like i mean we just all we always laughed at it 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 became a joke in a sense which i'm sorry jesus <laughs> if that's not okay but like <laughs> i'm sorry I'm so shut sorry. up <laughs> yes no carry let me carry apologize on. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. To jesus i'm minding my I business because ain't got nothing to do with me i'm just gonna sit here <laughs> no but like there were there were we would it it became this thing of like, oh, we can't find a Panera. There's got to be a place for us to eat nearby. Oh, don't worry. God will provide. It was just... God will provide a restaurant? Okay. <laughs> okay. I see what you're saying now. Like, and... <laughs> what? No. Oh it just gosh. became a thing that we said as like a joke. I don't fully know mm-hmm. how it happened or when it happened or why it happened. I, you said you played soccer and and I just, I knew you played soccer. I'm just remembering the one time I came to watch you after I graduated to play and a soccer ball got thrown in my direction and I tried to like protect my face and broke a fingernail. Oh no, you broke a fingernail. It was bad. Like my whole finger was bleeding. It was a whole mess. That's the only memory I have. I'm sorry. I don't know why I felt the need to share this right now. Penn State Hazleton? I feel like, or was it on campus? It was on campus. No, you came to another one after you graduated. You came to an away game that was closer to you at some point. Yes, I did. Yes, you guys played Penn State Harrisburg, and I did come oh, to the away game I Penn State Harrisburg. <laughs> no, yeah, you were. No, you were close. No, but this this one was on campus. I don't know why I felt the need to share that just now. I apologize. It's not relevant to anything. It just was. It just was a memory that popped up and was like, "Hey, remember me?" I this always happened? loved when people would come back and watch. Whether it was you or, like, girls on the team who, like, just randomly would show up to a game to watch and support us. Yeah. I always loved it. Which is good. I was... I love doing those things I was now. I never that. College, I was so. never that person, though. Once I graduated, I was like, peace, I'm out. <laughs> I love supporting people. Like, I just love showing up for things. That's just me, though, like... You also live a lot. Car and drive you also lived a lot closer, though. I, yes, I did. Then you did. Yes, yeah. I did. And I used I my work used to take me in that area frequently at the time. That's true. So anyway, back to the topic at hand. Sorry, we got <laughs> sidetracked. Blame my ADHD. Everything happens for a reason. So, a disclaimer. <laughs> Steph and I did talk about this before we started recording. 
And she asked, she said, I feel like this is a heavy and a controversial one. So do we want to talk about this one? And we kind of did some pre-dialogue about it. And so it ended up on the list because it was like, absolutely, we can. I agree and believe that everything does happen for a reason. There are two categories that I think it falls in. I think things happen because God orchestrated and ordained them to happen. And I think the other portion of things that happen, happen because natural consequences or logical consequences to decisions that we ourselves make. And so if we make a bad decision and the consequence is something that we're not, we don't want it to be, we can't look at it and say, well, why did God allow this to happen? You, you did. Like you, you, okay. you created this circumstance in this environment for yourself. Pause. In some pause. cases. I want to take that a step further okay. because go for it. You are saying there are the natural consequences. I want to take that a step further and say that your decision was your, that was you. It's your decision. God gave us free yes. will. God did not tell you to go do that thing that you don't want to do. Oh. God did not tell you to, to, you know, why do I always think of sexual reference? <laughs> not going to do it. Like God, like he did not, he's not, <laughs> I'm trying really hard. Okay. God is Sorry, not we're, forcing we'll you. that part out. No, that's fine. <laughs> God did not force us to do that thing. It did not happen for a reason. It happened because you have free will and you have no freaking yes. self-control. Oh, and I say you and I mean me. It's fine. Because <laughs> we all know you preach yourself first. Self-control is a very interesting topic. But I do, I, I do, I do. <laughs> I'm just saying that there is free will and that, and that we can't be going around saying everything happens for a reason as a way and an excuse to get out of what our whatever our sinful nature is. Oh, yes. Okay. So it's interesting you said that. I was listening to um, a sermon um, by Pastor, Mod, ugh, Pastor Mike Todd out of Transformation Church this morning um, during my, my prep day, uh, my prep for the day. And one of the things that he said, he had preached, he was doing a series it's called cuffing season. And he did one called cuff to cake. This one was, oh, I don't actually remember what this last title was, but it was the most recent, the last one in the series. And he talked about how he's had people come up to him and say, I made this decision because I'm cuffed to bad choices when it comes to food and I haven't mastered it yet. And so his whole sermon and his premise was, we can't continue to say that because we haven't mastered this this deficiency that we have or mastered this hurdle that we're trying to get over that it allows us to continue to sin like you don't just continue to sin and make poor decision after poor decision and then excuse me just one day randomly wake up and just go all right i don't have a desire to do that anymore i figured out how to get around that and he said it's self-control you have to work toward it's a progressive thing you need to intentionally make decisions to allow you to line up with that so i do agree with you i think a lot of what happens is because we make bad decisions we don't have the self-control to say, nah, I'm not going to do this, or I don't want to go here, or I don't want to be with this person, or I don't want to go to this event or go to this party or do a variety of different things. And so because we can't get there and we can't do that, then it's like everything that happened because I wasn't strong enough to make this decision means that God allowed it to happen. No, no, boo-boo. No, no, no. He gave you the ability to fight through the uncomfortable to fight through the tension that you have of, I want to stop doing this, but I'm not there yet, but this is a baby step. He gave you all of the things needed to continue to build that skill, to continue to fight, to get to a place where that's not anything that you continue to struggle with. And you can say, I've mastered the art of self-control related to this specific issue. So God has provided and God has given and he's ordained and allowed you to walk into that freedom and that peace. But it's your choice to be like, ah, but I'm not there yet. Which is okay. If you still want to make bad decisions, just say you still want to make bad decisions. <laughs> that's fine too. And when I say fine, I mean that's fine because that's your decision. So if you decide, hey, I'm just not ready. I still want to just be out here wild and free. Well, go be wild and free. You have, there are consequences with that. You have free will. Go do what you want. You have free will. You have free will and you have choices. This is like the most beautiful person I have ever crafted out of Plato in my life. 
for everyone's awareness, Steph decided she was going to play with Play-Doh while we are recording this episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm definitely, I just definitely just took a photo. So I'll post it on our Instagram um, when this episode releases so you can see what she got distracted by, by doing. And typically I'm the person with the distraction. Okay, issues. but like okay. for real though. For real about the Play-Doh or for real about this topic? The, the topic. <laughs> okay. I was going to say, it can be both. It doesn't have to be one or the other. It can be both if you would like for it to be both. We'll let the people decide if it's the most beautiful sculpture. They, um, they've but, never seen my other sculptures, so. Okay. Well, let's hope they're, they're feeling generous and kind. It's the most beautiful and it's the ugliest all at the same time. Okay. I'm okay. So anyways, Mike Todd. <laughs> So, but I, I do agree with you. I do think that we put ourselves in situations where it's just not a good idea for us to be in. And if we sit down and think about it and think through the process before we make that decision, we would say and be able to realize and recognize, I really don't want any part of what the potential consequences are. So I'm not going to do this. I'm going to do something different. Then we would make different decisions. But in the moment, whether it's, Going out with friends or doing this out in the third or buying this thing or doing a lot of different things, you look at it and we go, eh, I probably shouldn't do this because the consequences are different. But we go ahead and do it. Doesn't mean that everything happens for a reasoning and it's like God did this. No, God didn't do that. Okay. So then on another note, also using this as an encouragement to something that someone's going through. Have you ever heard someone try to comfort you with that statement of well, everything happens for a reason. Yes. 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 You laughed. Um, <laughs> I did because I'm thinking I'm thinking through the most recent time when it happened and it was not encouraging or helpful whatsoever. I just I would I like was, to know I was in the hospital. When that's encouraging. I was in the hospital and my liver was failing. People were like, God lets everything happen for a reason. Um Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. I don't dis Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I'm I'm like dying <laughs> slowly. But you're not. I um, mean, I'm just not sure. But you're not dying. What it's that's fine. supposed to do? Like, what is that? Are you saying that God's trying to kill me? Because God doesn't try. He either does or he doesn't. Like he's successful with all of his attempts. <laughs> so I think if Jesus wanted to kill me, it would have been already over. So I'm just really not sure. Part of the issue with me is that I say those things to people in the moment when they say these types of things, and then they're just like, "Well, wait, wait, wait." No, that's the. I didn't say it. You said it. I'm responding to what you said. I don't think that it is ever encouraging. A lot of times. It's one of those. It's hard. I feel too. like it's one of those filler. I don't really know what else to say. So I'm going to yes. say it in hopes that it somehow helps you. Like. So we can say I'm sorry. Says, hey, you know, you're going through a rough time. You're in the hospital. Oh, you know, everything happens for a reason. You'll be stronger after this. Or no, because sometimes you're not. Or somebody's dying. Your family member's dying, or someone you're close with is dying. Oh, everything happens for a reason. They'll be without pain soon. Like no matter how you put that. Oh, you know, like you were about to get scouted to go to college on a full ride, like for playing, let's say football, and you tear your knee into shreds. Oh, well, everything happens for a reason. I guess God didn't want you to go to college. Like. Okay, that's infuriating. I think what we can say and what we should say in place of that is I'm sorry. And I I learned the power of an apology through one of my really good friends. Her name is Jess. I absolutely love her. She's amazing. And we we used to work together. And there was a, a student situation that we were working through and she, at the time, and she just stopped in the middle of this chaotic situation and she just looked this kid in the face and she said, I'm sorry. And in the moment, like at the time I was like, what is she apologizing for? She didn't do any of this. In fact, we should be receiving the apology, not issuing it. What's going on? And she then started to speak to like the wound, the hurt, the situation, the circumstance and apologize that that individual had to go through that. That was one of the most powerful and impactful things that I've been able to witness and experience because I now use that in turn. I don't have an answer for why a majority of the things have happened to people that happen. I can't answer that. 
I can't answer that. But what I can say is I'm sorry that you're in this situation that this happened. What can I do to support you? What can I do to show up for you in this time? How can I walk alongside you in life in a way that is supportive and encouraging? Because I can't fix what's happening, but I can show up for you and I can love you in spite of what the circumstance is. So I think for that, I think we just need to eradicate that phrase and just say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that this is happening. I'm sorry that your family is going through this. I'm sorry that you are experiencing this. I'm sorry that you are heartbroken, that you feel da 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 da. I'm sorry for all of those things. What do you need from me? How can I show up for you? Honestly, like, and that works in every situation. Every situation. You're going through a tough time. I'm sorry about that. Yes. Someone's in the hospital that you care about. I'm sorry that they're in the hospital. Something horrible happens. That's like a life altering situation, dream altering thing. I'm sorry. Like you can't come up with a single thing that I'm sorry does not help. Yes. Can you? Because I can't. Yes. I can't. And it doesn't mean, like, saying I'm sorry to someone who's going through something that you can't change doesn't mean that you assume ownership or responsibility for it. It just means that I acknowledge the weight of what it is that you are experiencing right now. The weight of this pain, of this heartbreak, of the challenge, of the transition, of all of those things. I recognize that and I'm holding space for that in this moment to say, although I'm not there Although it is not mine, although I haven't experienced it, I am sorry that that is the reality of what you are facing day to day. How can I show up for you? That is true, though. And I showing up for people. I feel like you've said that to me before. And I know other people have said I'm sorry to me before about stuff. And I'm like, what for? It ain't your fault. You ain't do this. But it's true. Like, in that moment, there's nothing else to say. And it makes sense. But it's like, okay, they acknowledge my pain exists. And when you say to me, like, why? This ain't your fault. Nine times out of ten, I'm like, oh, I know it's not, but I'm sorry that it happens, like, that it's the reality. Yeah. Like, I know I have nothing to do with that. I was nowhere near that. That's all of those things are bad, wrong, or different. Like, it shouldn't have been said. It shouldn't have happened. You shouldn't have been put in that situation. But I am sorry that you were. And I oftentimes take it one step further, um, especially because I work with students, and I say to them, like, I am sorry that the adults that are in your life weren't able to defend you or stand up for you or support you or show up in this way. How can I change that narrative? How can I show up different in this space? And so I think there's, I think there's a lot of ways that we can use that and and use that to support and to encourage and to uplift and to be life-giving and not just say like, I don't know what to do with the situation. So I'm going to pat you on the back and say, everything happens for a reason and then just disappear off into the sunset. Because for people that may not have, thought about like, what if, and I'm just putting myself in this, in this situation, right? What if when that person said to me in the midst of me slowly dying, everything happens for a reason, that thought process in no capacity had crossed my mind. What am I like? So now I'm thinking on top of the reality of like, hmm, I could just be checking out of here soon. All right, God sounds good. Hope I did what I was supposed to do. If you're taking me, I'm assuming that I did. I don't know. Oh my God. And now all of a sudden I'm like, God, why are you taking me this way? Why can't I just go on my, like, you know what I mean? Like it, it could potentially start an avalanche of thoughts and feelings that someone may have never thought through or maybe have never experienced that makes it even worse on top that of is, what they're that already is going true because remember that time that we facetimed and the person who shall rename unnamed was like oh i hope that your friend lives but if she doesn't like i'm glad that you got to know her <laughs> yes i do remember that <laughs> And I was, I remember telling her like, oh no, she's not dying. I I don't, I don't know why you're like, nah, she ain't dying. And everyone was like, but how do you know? Cause, cause God told Brittany and Brittany told me. So. (laughs) (laughs) Cause I played telephone with Brittany and God. And so she said, that's what he said. So we good. I don't understand. (laughs) There are just some statements that I think that are in our vocabulary and not just like isolated and selected for Christians. I think just in general that really should be thought through a little more. Yes. And like in, in practicality and in a perfect world, they would be life-giving. They would be reassuring. They would be supportive and encouraging. But at the root of it all, when we say them as casually and as much as they've been ingrained 
in our conversation, our communication, they're more damaging than at times, whatever the event is that the person is sitting with and trying to process. Because now we're adding an injury on top of an already existing wound of like, oh, you are going through this hard thing. Listen, everything happens for a reason, my G. God provides peace and you walk out. It's like, well, what did I do to God to make this be a reality? Sometimes it's just not God. Sometimes. Sometimes it's just it's just life, it's just life. being life. You're not always Job. It's not always, you know, no. it's not always the enemy testing no. you because you're so faithful and high no. and mighty. No, it's not. <laughs> Your smile right now. <laughs> I know. Like, it is. Sometimes it's just life. Like we live in a fallen world. Y'all going to get sick. Guess what? We all going to die at some point. Ain't no way to escape that. No, you're right. I think I'm smiling because I've been trying to live a more healthy lifestyle by going to the gym. And it's not my favorite place to be. Actually, it's probably (laughs) one of the least favorite places that I like to be is the gym. But I go. And when I go, in order to not be there and like hate that I'm there, I've started listening to books on tape or sermons. And I'm smiling because one of the things, one of the sermons that I listened to, and I can't remember which church and who it was that preached it. um, But one of the things that they said is that at times they said they wondered, the preacher like posed a question of, I wonder if there are times when God thinks that we are bipolar because we ask for things and then things start happening to position us to be able to have the capacity to hold whatever it is to remove us from a situation that other without some sort of conflict or without some sort of challenge, we would not realize that it's time for us to exit this environment or exit this relationship or exit this situation to be able to position us to be prepared to step into another thing. And so we pray to God, like, God, I want this to happen. I want this to happen. I want this to happen. And then things start aligning that makes it a little easier transition and smoother transition for us to be able to say, you know what? It really is time for me to leave this. I'm prepared to step into this. But then when things start happening, we're just like, God, what are you doing? Why are you punishing me? I didn't ask for this. Like, well, I don't want to do this. And it's like, well, how do you ever get from point A to point B if there isn't some sort of tension in the middle? No, it's, it makes sense, though, because it's like the same thing you're asking for God to give you is the same thing that you are now asking him to take away and take you out of. So what what is he supposed to think that y'all doing? We doing too much. I've been in that situation. I'm like, God, change me, use me, save me, send me, and I'll Ooh, go. And God's no. like, stay. No. Y'all gotta be careful what kind of songs you sing. And I'll be like, no, God, I said, send me. And God's like, I did. I sent you up the street. Go do this job. No. See, no, I meant like, send me to a different state. Yeah, like, I don't want to be a different here. region. Like, do something <laughs> different. And you just like, cool, I'm going to send you to a different area. I'm going to send you to a different city. I'm going to send you, like, no, no, I don't want to do that. So I do think, like, I, I mean, I've seen it. I can recognize it. I can recognize when I've gotten it wrong and when I've done it wrong. In fact, my prayer today was, which is very humbling of like, God, I've been asking for different. I've been asking for change. I've been asking for new and you're doing some things in my life that allow me to see new and be prepared for new. And I'm not liking how you're doing it. Um, But I also didn't ask for there to be a consultation process before I just said, Hey, sir, what are we up to? What are we doing? Um, So that's on me. So it's, it's a, it's a reality too. I think it's just something we just need to to recognize and be prepared to recognize and see and to embody and, and kind of see what what happens and what goes from there. All right. Are we ready for the last one? I'm always ready for the last one. All right, one. all right, all right. Here it is. Date Jesus for a year. Never. Never. You don't date Jesus for any amount of time. A year, you know, thirty seconds, a whole day. You do not date you Jesus. You don't want to date and Jesus. This is- this is why Jesus doesn't want to date me. It has nothing to do with Jesus doesn't want to date me because what happens and I we say this one for last y'all because this is this is like one of the main things that Christians say that instantly make me angry. To every you don't to every date single Jesus. person, every single Christian who has been in church for any amount of time at this point has heard Maybe you should just date Jesus for a year or so. And instead, I would really like for us to say, I don't know why you're single, but hope it fig- it changes or I hope you figure it out or I hope 
you get to a place where that's no longer your present reality, we need to just say that instead and be like, man, I don't, you're a great person. I'm not sure why you're single. Like, do you leave your house? Do you go out? Like, what do you do? What are you doing to change that environment? Telling people to date Jesus is ridiculous. And I'm going to tell you why. Tell us why. You're telling somebody. Sorry, I I was going to tell you regardless if you're acknowledging (laughs) that he did. But anyway, thank you. (laughs) You're telling somebody that they need to date the savior of people, which is going to do several things mentality wise, right? Like a mentality shift. They're going to be like, well, God already knows what I'm thinking before I even think it. I just say it as a courtesy. So then in turn, that means that you're expecting men to be able to read your mind, which they don't. So then you get frustrated because then you're just like, people don't communicate the same reason or they don't communicate the same way that I'm expecting them to. Or how come they can't be intuitive and know and be for it? Like, homie, because that's not their job. God gave you a mouth and a brain. You need to use all these things to communicate what you need. Like you need to be communicating those things. But when you get into this trap of like, I'm dating Jesus, I'm waiting for this perfect person. I think it also creates a, a mentality and the ideology that there are perfect people. There is no perfect person. There is also no one who is close to perfect. There is a perfect person for you, but that person still comes with flaws. They still come with challenges. They still come with hangups. They still come with things that you're going to have to fight through and work through. I think oftentimes when we tell people to date Jesus and they intentionally do that which i also don't even know what that looks like how do you date like do you just anyway that's a whole different conversation for a different day but for people who actually do say that i'm going to do that there is a difference between and i think i've seen a lot of people recently saying this like i dated jesus for a year and then i got to a place where i was just like confident and secure in who i was that's not dating jesus that's actually spending time at the foot of your heavenly father and saying, Jesus, fix me because I need to be fixed. I've removed all distractions, mend what needs to be mended in my life, heal what needs to be healed, repair what needs to be repaired, allow me to look at things the way that I should, allow me to love the way that I should. So when people are like, I spent a year with Jesus and all of a sudden I met this person, that's not because you dated Jesus. That's just because you like God transforms you from the inside out on how you're supposed to think, communicate, love, and show up for people. Before you was just out here selfish. But also, doing reckless but stuff. also, can we talk about the fact that if you are out here saying you're dating Jesus, does that mean you break up with him at the end of that time frame? Are you also or that. are you now dating this man or married to this man but also still dating Jesus? Like, oh, you're in a throttle. Can you can we not just call it like it is and say Yo, your relationship with Jesus is a hot freaking mess. Go spend time with him. Fix it. Go fix it. Go talk to him. Go fix That's it. That's all you got to do. Why we got to... Jesus wants to fix you why, so that you can have the things that you want. Why did modern... Let him fix it. Why did the modern church decide that we were going to name it and compare it to the dating world? Right. Jesus is not going to take you out on a date and pay for your meal. When the check comes, do you do that that all like that he, awkward that check a, dance of like oh, you reach, he reaches? Like what? What are like, we doing? Are you and sitting it, there going, "Oh, God will provide"? I'm just waiting for a nice gentleman to pick up the tab for me. At which point, if that's the case, then that's not dating Jesus. That's called witchcraft and sorcery, and you need to figure that out. <laughs> you and your you witch, need to figure that out in a different. You area. and your witchcraft lately is killing me, but like. This idea of dating Jesus, like, I can't, y'all, I'm 30 years old. Do you know how many times people have told me you need to date Jesus? Way too many freaking times. That's how many. Like, and it comes from people in leadership. I wish somebody would tell me that. (laughs) Like, it comes from everybody. And it's like, part of the reason is, like, y'all are married, you don't even understand what it's like to be 30 and single because you've been married to your husband since you were 19 because y'all wanted to have kids. I would just like to point out here, the dating scene right now is dangerous. We don't, it is a dangerous We experience. don't even like dating in the world today. I, even if Jesus was here in the flesh, I probably would not want to date him. I, I could say that wholeheartedly. It sounds really weird, but if Jesus was here in the flesh... Nah, I'm good. I mean, like, I'll spend time with you, but, like, you're going to get friend-zoned. <laughs> Not friend-zoning Jesus. Oh, who's friend-zoning Jesus? 
<laughs> but I will say, I think that that's part of the issue. I think we can just, instead of us trying to spiritualize things and say, I don't really have an answer oh, in scripture for yeah. why you're still single and I can't see it. So I'm just going to come up with a phrase. You should date Jesus. Oh yeah, that sounds catchy. Do that. And then it just became a thing. Realistically, no, don't look, do that. Ain't no single person out here asking you, why am I still single? They Okay, they may. I've never asked somebody why I'm still single that I can remember of. It's like you just automatically are assuming that I'm not confident and you're just, oh, I just don't know why I'm still single. Maybe you should go Jesus, date Jesus for a year. Look, at the end of the day, we don't want to date Jesus. We don't want to feel like we are paralyzed because we are single in the church. No, no, no. There is, no, no, no. We gonna have to do a whole episode on being single in the church we world can. today. Because I, I don't know what it's like, to, but we can do it. Because I'm about know. to, you know. <laughs> You're about to launch off into a whole different episode. Woo! So, I will say this much. Don't People, do we it. Just, we, don't tell nobody we, to date Jesus. Or I will don't, smack don't you. Don't do it. And it's okay, not the physical violence, Shut but it's up. fine. Sometimes you, I also, you are one for physical violence. Let me be physically violent for once. I <laughs> would like to just go on record and say that I've only ever been into one physical altercation in my entire life. I was 12 years old. Um, it was a hot mess of a situation. That's fine, but... I like to, I came out victorious, but I just would like to say, I don't put my hands on people yeah, but you, nowadays. But you threaten, it's dangerous. you threaten to all the time for me. Do I? Yes. That's all yes, I'm saying. Yes. Now, like, if somebody I was telling, needs someone, I got you. <laughs> I was telling Alex this the other day. There was this meme circulating, and I sent it to her on Instagram. We were talking back and forth. And I said, listen, I'm always down. Somebody needs to back up. That's true. And then I said to her, I said, well, in all reality, like, if that person really wanted to engage in a physical altercation, everybody's on their own. Because <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I would play dead. I don't know what to do. Like, I talk a big game. I would try to defuse the situation and also let my point be known. But if you really need me to show up, um, we're going to be in a little bit sticky, sticky situation. I'm too fragile for that. I can't. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a little, I'm a little too fragile. That would you, I would use my liver transplant so quick. Um, I just had a transplant, so I can't can really you, fight. Can you not but... touch me in this area? Because, like, <laughs> like we're, I'm still, we're good. If you, like, hit me in my I'm arm, I'm still healing from that. So, like, if you could just focus you know, on experience. this part of my body... That would be great. Yeah, it would just it would just be it would just be a complete mess. It would be a complete mess. But I will say this much: instead of it's also okay if someone says something or they're sharing something with you, and you don't know what to say to say, I'm not sure what to say. I don't want to say the wrong thing. What do you need from me? And then just leave it at that. And if they say nothing, no. I just needed you to listen. Then your response can be, okay, sounds good. I'm listening. But we don't have to have an answer to be able to solve things. Or and like, actually, what there are a lot of situations I'm glad I can't. There's a lot of times that helps you too because I'm on that. I like to give people advice. I have quickly learned that not everybody likes advice. And then you mm-hmm. get upset because they don't take your advice and they come and talk to you about the same exact problem like a week later. Over so over like... Again. Even in the, okay, we're having this conversation. How can I most help you? Like going back, no, what do you need going back me? to that so that I know if you just need me to listen, that's cool. I'm just going to listen. I don't need to think of a response. I don't need to, th- right. I don't need to, to share my life with you. Cause that's one thing when I hate, 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 hate with a passion when I'm just like venting about something and I just need someone to listen. And then they go on and tell me their life story because they think it relates like nothing and the entire time you're feel, sitting there like nothing makes me feel worse than you trying to compare your life to mine i understand you're not comparing it but like you could have just said oh that sucks i'm sorry <laughs> it goes back to an apology so i think we can just we can just decide that in situations I'll be where we don't know what to say you. we can just say i'm sorry uh, i don't like that but yes we can you could say i don't think we need to announce that we're praying for people. No. What I have seen happen is if you say I'm praying for you, like that is your prayer. That no, but that's why you could say I'm praying for you. You could say, Do you want me to pray for you right now? You could pray for that person in a moment. That's fine. I send people prayers through Marco Polo sometimes. 
yo, you Marco seem like... Text messages. I'll be like, yo, you seem like a hot mess right now. Let's just take a hot minute to pray. God fill her heart right now because she is a hot mess. Tell her the words she needs to hear. Put the right people in her life. Allow her mindset to be renewed. Amen. Like, it ain't got to be nothing spectacular. I've been the recipient of several <laughs> of those. Where it's like... Yo, you sound like you're losing your mind. Have you talked to Jesus? It's fine. We'll talk to Jesus together right now in this Marco Polo. Because I also don't trust your ability to talk to Jesus right now. Because you're just a little reckless. Thank you so much. No, I needed that. No, okay, okay. I'm good. I'm good. Sometimes it happens. It's sometimes a reality. that's all you need is just someone to like refocus yep. you and say, yo, pray about this. Like, and not pray yep. about it in terms of like what you want. But pray about it in terms of like whatever it is that what you need. God is trying to grow in you or whatever he's trying. Yes. What you need. Yeah. What you need. That's, I think that's true. That's all. I got like a pancake over here for my Play-Doh. Okay. Okay. We're still doing pancakes. I am, yeah. All right. Well, I mean, that's, that's fine. Everybody has a thing, so that's okay. I'm not judging you for it. I just did not anticipate you to be this excited and enthralled by the Play-Doh. If if we're gonna be honest, I forgot that I had Plato in my house. That's all. Okay, we're not even gonna talk about why you had to begin with. But thanks so much for listening. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for joining in this week. Hope you guys enjoyed. Um, it. our next few episode, our next episode is one of my favorite things to talk about. We're gonna talk about pride. That is, it's oh man, it's one of my favorite topics as of late. Interesting. But I'll save all my commentary, my thoughts and feelings about it later for our next episode. Also, also right before we log off, we have learned that, yes, we did say that last episode. We were going to let you choose an episode. Yes, we did. But we had to record this before that one gets posted. So y'all will get to choose an episode. It's just going to be a few episodes later. Yes, in the coming episode. So, So probably. Check the Insta page. I would say what September. September would probably be the earliest that they'd be able to. We do just, a, a a listener's choice episode. Just, just check the Insta page. That's all. Okay. Which Steph now has access to. So I do. I do. It took a while. Flood her with the comments and the thing. You know the peoples and the passwords. <laughs> Anyways, back to the regular scheduled programming. <laughs> We were wrapping up this episode. Thank you so much for listening. We were. We were. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. As always, share this conversation with your friends if you'd like. Um, yes. We, heard, we are hearing that more people are having more of these types of conversations with their friends, Woo-hoo! which is cool because that's like one of the reasons we started it was like we just yes. feel like friendships aren't deep like this right now. So have the conversations. Talk about the things. Get rid of that pride so that you can listen to one another and not just argue. Because, you know, sometimes we do that too. But normally it's just stupid stuff that we argue about. And sometimes it's okay to argue. But yeah. Arguments happen. So anyway. All right. Thanks so much. Talk to you guys later. Have a great week. Bye. Bye.